Section 67 of A Fair Mystery. This is a LibreVox recording. All LibreVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibreVox.org. Recording by Gaby Cowan. A Fair Mystery by Bertha M. Clay. Chapter 67 A Clue at Last. The morning that followed was beautiful the lady doris felt more cheerful than she had done for many long days early would manage it all for her she should find a way out of all her difficulties lord vivian could not follow her to linley even if he did she should foil him again and again when once she was early's wife she could defy him it was not likely that she would fear him then. Her heart and spirits rose alike. She smiled at her own fair image in the glass. Early as it was, a fragrant bouquet of white hyacinths lay on the toilet table, sent by some adoring lover who evidently hoped that the flowers would say for him what he could not say for himself she smiled over them inhaling the rich odour with delight thinking of herself the while what a poet early is what a rapture he went into last night about flowers and summer she felt better the sun was shining in at her windows the sweet breath of hyacinths reached her it seemed impossible that sorrow or death should come into such a bright world she smiled to herself when she heard that early was with her father he has most certainly lost no time she said to herself yet nearly an hour passed before the earl left the library then owing to a stranger's being present he could not speak to her of what had passed he merely touched her hand doris he said I have been having a long talk with Early, and I must have one with you before dinner. I will remember, Papa, she said. Then, as the day was so fine, Early prayed her to ride out with him. An hour in the park would be so pleasant, he said. And Lady Linley thought the same. Doris was quite willing to go. When they were under the shade of the trees, early went more slowly my darling he said i knew that you would be anxious to hear what has passed i think he continued bringing his handsome face on a level with hers i think that i shall make an excellent diplomatist in time i never doubted replied doris i was quite pleased with myself early went on to say I made quite an impression on the earl. Her lips grew pale, and parted with a long, quivering sigh. She looked at him anxiously. In one word, early, is it to be as I wished, or not? Yes, he replied, in every particular. Then she resigned herself to listen. I never mentioned you at all in the matter, he continued. 
i told him that i had observed your health and strength failing and that i felt quite convinced unless you rested at once you would suffer seriously from the effects of the over-fatigue he agreed with me and said that lady linleigh had remarked the same thing and was equally anxious over you and said that the wisest thing to do was to leave town at once and go to linleigh but would he and lady linleigh be willing to give up the remainder of the season she asked they care more for you than for the season he replied my opinion is that lady linleigh secretly enjoys the idea of leaving town and about you know what i mean early about our wedding darling it is to be in the sweet summer time that is if you are willing i urged it and the countess joined me lord linleigh heaven bless him did not raise the least objection he said he would speak to you and was perfectly kind and good about it it will be for you to tell him dear your wish to have it all managed very quietly and to speak of going abroad now is not that glorious news for a bright sunshiny day how green the trees are and how blue the sky was the world ever so fair love ever one half so fair suddenly he saw her start and looking at her saw an angry flush on her face a bright light in her eyes she was looking intently at someone who returned the glass with interest following the direction of her eyes early saw lord vivian watching her most intently there was a smile that was yet half a sneer on his lips he was talking to a gentleman whom early instantly recognized as colonel clifford there is your vete noir doris lord vivian he said i see him he replied quietly he did not know the hot impulse that was on her he did not understand why she clinched the little jewel whip so tightly in her hand she would have given the whole wide world if she dare have ridden up to him and have given him one stroke across the face with her whip one stroke that would have left a burning red brand across the handsome insolent face she would have gloried in it she could fancy how he would start and cry out the coward how he would do his best to hide the shameful mark given to him by a woman's hand in all her life lady doris studley never had such a difficulty in controlling an impulse as she had in controlling that then she was recalled to herself by a bow from lord vivian and a look on unqualified wonder on her lover's face doris he said my dear child what are you going to do to lord vivian you look inclined to ride over him so am i she replied with a smile but the beauty of the morning had gone for her there was no more warmth in the sunshine no more fragrance in the flowers and trees no music in the bird's song the sight of that handsome face with its evil meaning had destroyed it all 
had made her heart sink oh to be away from him where she should never see him or hear of him again i am tired early she said tired so soon he replied but one look at her told him the words were quite true we will ride back again doris tell me why do you dislike lord Vivianne so much i am not sure that i dislike him she replied you do sweet your face quite changed when you saw him did it i do not like him because he teases me so with compliments i dislike many people he's no great exception early laughed it is very unfortunate to admire you doris if admiration brings dislike they rode home again while colonel clifford turned with a smile to his companion that looks like a settled case he said what do you mean by a settled case was the irritable reply i defied any man to understand his own language in these degenerate days a settled case means that to all appearances the queen of the season the fetid flattered lady doris studley is in love with our young poet the latest london celebrity a young poet who is he for suddenly there flashed into his mind the words doris brace had so poetically used to him my lover is a gentleman and a poet at the time he had thought it idle bombast intended only to heighten her value in his eyes yet it might have been true he looked up with unusual interest who is he clifford he repeated i can hardly tell you except that he is early murray a great protege and favourite of the duke of downsbury of lord linley and of the public in general for he is a charming writer he is also member of anderley he took his seat last week early murray i am sure i know the name most english readers do said colonel clifford a sudden flash of light seemed to illuminate his mind early early why that is the name doris used to murmur in her sleep she used to dream that early was coming i remember it well great heaven it is she what is the matter asked colonel clifford you look as though you had seen a ghost so i have the ghost of my oh what nonsense i'm talking so what is the young poet he's a very handsome man lady stoyley is something like the earl is it known who her mother was no people say that the earl contracted a low marriage before he went abroad one that he was ashamed to own therein consists the romance what romance asked lord vivian hurriedly about lady doris the earl when he was simply captain studley married beneath him went abroad leaving his daughter to be brought up by some humble friends of his wife the romance consists i suppose in the sudden change in the young lady's fortune from comparative obscurity to splendour it might have been an unfortunate thing 
for the earl but that the girl turned out to be beautiful graceful intelligent and well-bred i have it by heavens cried lord vivianne in a loud voice you have what a uh, a fly that has been buzzing round me and teasing me half the morning he replied confusedly ah said the colonel my opinion of you lord vivianne is not a very complimentary one i fancy unless you take better care of your wits they will leave you i never saw any one grow so peculiar in all my life i saw no flies about lord vivianne made no reply but went away laughing it seemed to him that now he held the clue in his hand if i am right he said to himself with a bitter sneer i will humiliate her i will lower that magnificent pride of hers i will change places and she shall be the wooer but i must make quite sure first i will go down to brackenside this very day he kept his word much to honest mark's surprise when he entered the house that evening he found a fashionably dressed stranger bent upon being very agreeable to his wife and daughter you will be surprised to see me said his willy lordship but i was passing through brackenside and could not help calling i am quite a stranger allow me to introduce myself as lord vivianne you he continued holding out his hand to mark are mr brace mark replied in a suitable manner then sat down with a look of resignation that highly amused mattie if it could rain lords he could not help it such wonderful events had happened that mark felt he should never be surprised again then he looked in his lordship's face as though he could fain ask what he wanted there i had the pleasure once it is some time since of meeting your daughter miss doris brace if she is at home i should like to see her at the first sound of that name mark was on the alert this was just what they had cautioned him about the earl had bidden him beware of impertinence and curiosity mark had passed his word not to speak of doris's history and he meant to keep it wild horses as he expressed it could not have torn it from him miss doris brace is not at home he replied grimly indeed said the stranger i am sorry for that i had relied upon seeing her perhaps i may be more fortunate to-morrow i do not think you will was the reply she will not be at home perhaps then the day after was the insinuating comment no nor the day after replied mark she will not be at home she is not in brackenside now my lord had laid all his plans most prudently he did not intend to compromise himself at all if the whole affair turned out to be a huge mistake as it might do he would not say anything that could prejudice his cause in the least no harm could possibly arise if he said that he had met miss doris brace he had seen her at the castle and if hardly pushed he could quote that meeting 
but the farmer was a very fortress he returned none but the most simple vague and honest answers saying that she was not at home she would not be at home but looking most amiable deaf when any allusion was made to change of fortune End of chapter 67 Recording by Gaby Cowan